All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. I'm Calvin, the guy over there miming or signing to his own voice is Garland. And we are back. And this is actually a late evening podcast, a Saturday evening yeah. podcast. So, you know, we, we're catching some sports up and we're going to hit you with them. What's going on with you, Garland? Had to do something for Jesus this morning, everybody. So I'm sorry you didn't get your uh, your podcast earlier, but blame, blame Jesus. Try Jesus. Don't try me. <laughs> Because I'm that's, fine. That's what Garla was singing that last night, but that's a whole other story. Right. <laughs> about initial babies and, and something else. So <laughs> you want to find out inboxing. <laughs> hey, make sure you listen to us, rate us, review us, join us on all the podcast Ooh. platforms. And you can actually watch this live on YouTube. But if you don't catch it live, you can go back in and watch it on YouTube. It's on our All Things Black with Garland and Calvin page. So we do that. Yep. have our podcast live there. So anyway, what, yep. what we got going on today, Garland? Bro, we back in the NFL. It won't stop. It can't stop. I mean, free agency started this week. And so we saw some big signings. Going to talk about that. Uh, your boy Lamar, it gets deeper and get, it gets deeper and deeper. And we ain't talking about reaching climaxes on this one. And so we're going to talk about Lamar, the NFL PA, then jumped out and they, they throwing a, they haymakers up in the fight, you know, and all this other stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan. He's selling the uh, Hornets, and so I want to get into that a little bit. Lonzo Ball, the first ball baby out the uh, gate to get into the NFL. He's having his third surgery. We want to talk a little bit about the legacy of the balls, and then we're going to close out with a little come on, yo. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about your boy, Ayahuasca Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Um, Darkness Retreat, old boy. After weeks of speculation, Aaron Rodgers announces on the Pat McAfee show that he intends to play for the New York Jets this season. He stated that the Packers had told him in so many words they were ready to move on with Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. Both sides are working out the compensation as we speak. And in addition, Rodgers, he submitted a list of players to Jets management that he wants the team to sign to play with him, which included Alan uh, Lazard, who did uh, sign a four-year deal with the Jets, wide receiver Randall Cobb, old tight end. I don't know why anybody wants to still play with Mercedes Lewis, but uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers does. And Odell Beckham Jr., who uh, didn't play last season due to a torn ACL. And so, Calvin, does this move make the Jets the favorite in the AFC East? It better make them the favorite, you know, if they sign off. I think they did get Lazard already. Um, I don't know about Yeah, they the already got ones. Lazard. Um, but it better make them. I mean, Aaron Rodgers coming in with demands. I'll tell you what it does do. If you are, especially if you're Mercedes Lewis, Aaron Rodgers is your boy for life because he's yeah, making real, sure you getting the check. You ain't right. getting no check without Aaron Rodgers uh, putting in the word for you. You know, we, we talked exactly. about this before, re referral business. We in a whole mm -hmm. nother capacity, but we talked about right. referral business before. And Aaron Rodgers is giving referral business for his boys. Now, Odell Beckham yes. is just an added bonus to that. So he was probably trying to get Odell to sign with the Packers mid last year, uh, mid last season. And of course, this season, because, um, you know, Odell was rumored to have talked with a lot of teams trying to figure out where he was right. going to come back, but nobody put Remember the that trick the on him last interested. year. Yeah, I, so, I, you know, funny, I heard a report that the Ravens <coughs> may actually be <coughs> the front runners um, for Odell services this coming season, but that was before Aaron Rodgers had him on his list. But, yeah, if it doesn't make the Jets the favorite, it better make them the favorite. Like, if it doesn't on paper, they better be the favorite because you can't make all them moves without getting rid of some pieces in your young core. And the Jets actually have a young core. They just need a quarterback. And you can't make all them, especially with wide receivers. You got Garrett Wilson. I'm probably yeah. going to let Corey we'll Davis go his uh, – Two years didn't didn't really pan out too well, but they got some players. So 
we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be difficult. You're still in the division with the Bills, with the Dolphins, um, and, and a the healthy Patriots. tool with the Dolphins is good. <laughs> now, the only team you could probably get past is the Patriots, but the Patriots just went ahead and signed Juju, who may not, you know, come in there blazing or anything, but he's not a bad receiver. Who's going to throw on the ball? Ain't nobody worry about TikTok, baby. Um, your, I your, would say your this, boy. though. I, I'm your more so boy. concerned. I'm more, I'm, <laughs> my boy. I'm more so concerned about uh, Belichick. I mean, Belichick is still coaching the Patriots the last time I checked, and he's good for a couple uh, wins and stuff. That team is always competitive. The defense is nice. They still got Judon over there. They're still able to get to the quarterback. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the Jets' defense. Um, yeah, bringing in Rodgers, it does look good, but let's not forget, last season, he, he looked kind of washed. I mean, and I know they want to blame it on the receivers. He had these rookie receivers, but I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, I mean, he's never had a beast-type wide receiver. I mean, he's always had some some dudes, some guys, and he had like a dude. He had a Devontae that he was throwing the ball to all the time. Last year without well, see, Devontae, I don't know. it looked you, like you, you kind of you kind of forgetting guys like uh, what was the guy Sterling? No, that was Brett Favre. Remember, he's had <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he had uh, what was the guy uh, that he's uh, Randall Cobb? He had Randall Cobb. He made a lot of these guys stars, but that's the beauty of Aaron Rodgers, though. They don't have to be big names elsewhere. Aaron Rodgers bro. makes these guys good, and that's exactly what I'm saying. And so you don't need to okay. get rid of Garrett Wilson, and so you you don't need to make all these changes because yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been the the tide that lifts all boats, and uh, yeah, he was good, but. Let's not forget, old boy struggled last year. He he's did getting struggle older, last year. And, you know, he's going to be playing in, like we said, New York City in cold. I mean, well, it's cold in Green Bay. It, it, um, New York's not as cold as Green Bay, but it's going to be a whole bunch of different circumstances. He's going to be in the media capital of the world, and that brings a lot more scrutiny. You saw what it did to your boy Favre. Favre came in, and he still had, like, maybe – uh, a little bit of tread left on the tire, like a year left worth of tread left on the tire, and New York ate him up. And so um, hopefully Aaron coming in there, and they're ready, and we're going to see what happens. And so the trade has not been uh, commenced yet. They're still uh, working out details, and but we know that he's made his intention that he's going to go to New York. But I'm still saying the, the bills are the class of the organization. Uh, of course, the Dolphins are right there. I mean – they got better on defense. They picked up Jalen Rand, uh, Ramsey uh, to go in that. Although Jalen was getting cooked deep, um, it is a good pickup. And, and um, offensively, they're, they're going to be a juggernaut. And so, um, yeah, you know, getting an old – but New York is, is happy for them. It's, it's all the hype. That's all you want to hear. And so, y'all New Yorkers, I know y'all feel good about it. I, I think it's like maybe five Jet fans that I know. All right, and so – there was a lot of uh, free agency movement. Uh, free agency started on uh, Wednesday. A lot of the uh, moves were announced uh, prior to Wednesday. But uh, some of the major moves, uh, the t- defensive tackle, uh, Deron Payne, he was franchised by the commanders, and he signed a big deal with them to come back uh, to play the uh, D-line. Uh, Javon Hargrave, he left the uh, Eagles to go to the Niners, and that defense gets even better. Uh, Bosa, you got Fred Warren. Uh, yeah, they're pretty good out there. Uh, one of the big surprises, and I think this really boosts them up. It's going to be tough for Baltimore. Orlando Brown Jr. He signed uh, with them as left tackle. Uh, big money. He couldn't get the money in uh, KC, and here's a man with the agent decided, hey, let me just adjust what I wanted, and he got a deal with the team that was in the AFC Championship game last season. Uh, they got a quarterback who's going to be there for a while. They got wide receivers. They just got a whole lot better. Although they lost about four people on the defensive side of the ball and Hayden Hurst, he wound up signing with the Panthers. Uh, Jawan Taylor, he replaces Orlando Brown and KC. He was with the Jaguars last uh, season. He gets a big deal with them. Several quarterbacks also got some paydays as well. Uh, the following quarterback signed deals. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders. Baker Mayfield, he uh, signs a one-year deal with the uh, Buccaneers. Sam Darnold, he signs a backup deal with the Niners. Your boy Tyler uh, Heineke, he signs with the Falcons. Uh, That might put uh, some of the available teams for Lamar in a little bit of jeopardy. Not saying that Tyler Heineke is better than Lamar, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. 
Jacoby Brissett, he signs uh, with the Commanders. Andy Dalton, he signs with the Panthers. And Mike White, uh, who had a good uh, season last year before getting injured in New York, he signs with the Jets, he signs with the Dolphins. And so a lot of movement in the quarterback market uh, very specifically. As As a matter of fact, you had these big signings, but you also had a lot of notable releases. Adam Thielen, our wide receiver with the Vikings was released. Uh, the Colts, they released quarterback Matt Ryan. He couldn't move. All you needed to do was blitz him, and he was going to fall to the ground. And running back, Ezekiel Elliott, he was released by the Cowboys. And so um, that's a, a lot of big names being released. As a matter of fact, Baltimore had a big name released that was six-time pro bowler, defensive tackle, Calais Campbell. Calais, he came in, and he provided some leadership. He did get dinged up a couple of years, but he had been playing some very good football on a rotation basis with a young line. And um, I think this was just a uh, cap casualty because of the uh, franchise tag for, for Lamar. They had to fit Lamar into the cap. And so you have to cut some of these contracts. And I, I don't think they had long-term plans for Calais. And maybe they could bring Calais back after June 1st. And so this is like a maybe a crafty move for the Ravens because they like to bring uh, veterans in after June 1st. So you might see Justin Houston and Calais coming here after that. They also, the uh, trade with the Jets of um, safety, Chuck Clark, was made official on Wednesday as well, and they restructured several contracts to get under the mandated cap. In addition, two players signed free agent deals. Guard Ben Powers, he signs with the Broncos, and tight end Josh Oliver signs with the Vikings. Uh, if there's anything that the Ravens have, it's enough tight ends. And so uh, it's not a major loss there. This was the guy they traded for. I think he was like a a fourth or fifth round pick. He played well for them last season. Uh, they, jabbed, they drafted Charlie Kolar. Um, also, oh, I want to forget the uh, the young brother that got a lot of playing time. I always forget his Isaiah name. Likely. It's, it's, it's Isaiah, Isaiah Likely's Likely. time. Yeah, Josh Allen yeah. took a lot of uh, snaps that Isaiah Likely should have. It took a lot of receptions, right. rather, that should have been for Isaiah Likely. Yeah. And so uh, just any thoughts about those moves, any of those signings with some signings that stood out for you that you think uh, looks pretty good on paper? Um, so the, the I don't know if it looks good on paper, but um, and we're going to talk about it later, of course, with Lamar, but the Atlanta Falcons signing the uh, Carolina Panthers signing, you know, these these teams are teams that were in the running for. Lamar and they're signing guys that can actually lead the team as they go and draft a rookie. So you're not going to sign these guys because even though they're backups, like we saw Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett got a starting role for the first 13 weeks of the season and actually didn't play very bad at all. Um, Baker Mayfield had a starting job last year. So, you know, you're signing these guys to help carry your franchise, but mostly it looks like they're signing these guys because when they draft these rookie quarterbacks, they need some veteran presence to at least start the season for them. So it sticks out to me because we're, we're still going back to that whole what's going on with the NFL and Lamar thing. You know, like it, it seems just bigger than the Ravens. Um, another thing that stuck out stuck, stuck out to me is, of course, the release of Adam Thielen, because, you know, the Ravens mm-hmm. love getting an older veteran receiver. They do. Um, Alan Thielen also, Adam Thielen, rather, though he isn't the Steve Smith and Quan Bolden type, he, as far as speed goes, he is a guy that can fight for the ball, that can catch it underneath, that can catch it deep. He has great hands. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens didn't at least bring him in for a look um, come June, come after June the 1st. So I wouldn't be surprised there. Um, Calais Campbell, you mentioned uh, being released and there's a chance he could come back. I don't think he will. Um, I, I don't think he will because they got some young guys on the line that they're going to try to get in there. And same thing with uh, Justin Houston. Um, you, you know, they, it's it's time for guys like Matabike to show up. Um, you know, you, you still got the boy. Um, what's the boy that came in, started playing late last year after his injuries? Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Ajabo. Yeah, you still got you got guys like that that they've got to give a chance well. to. Yeah, um, and that's what I meant. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I said Matabiki. I mm-hmm. meant Owe. Um, but yeah, you got these guys got to start stepping up. So it's it's the young guys' time. Although the defense is not in rebuild mode, it, it the defense is ready to explode. Um, you know, 
they need to get these young guys playing. These young guys need to catch up and get up to speed. Um, Owe especially. He's had his time to just sit back and kind of cruise. Now it's time to show up. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, because uh, right now it's just looking like he's a bust. I mean, uh, you had two seasons, what, maybe three sacks total out of his career so far? He did come on at the end of last season, um, but mm -hmm. still not enough for me. Not enough, not enough. And so we see what happens. I, I really, I, I think the, it was a run on quarterbacks. And, and that's something that's, you know, very concerning. You don't see, you didn't see a lot of um, running back signings, not for big money. And uh, Saquon, he's still under that tag. I don't think, you know, there's several people who were placed under the tag that did not get offers, Lamar included. Um, and outside of the one signing uh, of uh, paying with the commanders, uh, I was surprised by a lot of those uh, signings in terms of quarterbacks. I think like Mike White, I think that's a great place to go for the Dolphins. He balled out last year with Jets. Tua is an injury concern. He get in there. He might turn into your next uh, Tannehill. You know, someone who's a backup, he shows the ability to maybe uh, win you a couple games. He gets some extended play. You know, you might parlay that into a franchise deal. You know, I look at Brissett and Dalton and Darnold. Those guys are just, they're going to be career backups. They're, you're really getting them in to be safe. You just want to make sure, hey, if we go down, we can still stay up in there. I think not having a good backup last year hurt the Dolphins against the Bills in the playoffs, you know, not having to, uh, and the quarterback that you had, that guy was like a six round pick. And, um, uh, our guy, Oh my God. Why well, I want to forget candy arm. He <laughs> just, you know, he was not able to stay healthy as well. Um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy. And, yeah, Teddy. And so, you know, Teddy can only throw it two yards, but you know, he wasn't able to stay healthy. <laughs> he, Teddy can only throw that ball to yards. I like Bridgewater, and, man. Leave my man Teddy like alone. Him. He's a nice guy. I mean, he's probably a cool dude, but Teddy, he better not, you know, you better sit on the short stuff because Teddy can't throw it over your head. Um, also, like I said um, earlier, I think this Orlando Brown signing is major. I think it's major. Um, they had a lot of problems last year, even though they went out and um, spent some money on, like, uh, uh, on Collins to play left tackle. He wound up not being as good as they expected. They still gave up a lot of sacks. I think they were first in giving up sacks last season. And you're about to pay Barrow a lot of money, and you want him to be standing up. You want him to have a couple injury-free seasons. And I think it's a great pickup. I, I would have loved to see Orlando stay here. He wanted left tackle money, uh, a promise that he made to his dad. His dad was a right tackle, and uh, Orlando was a left tackle in college, and when he got into the pros with the Ravens, they immediately put him at right. And, you know, uh, young man, go get your money. And so a lot of good stock, uh, signings. I think Thielen is a Ravens type of player, but I hope they don't do it. This guy, he, he don't got nothing left, Calvin. He don't got really? – he gonna come in and just run some uh, some slants. No, he's just gonna mentor some people. I, they need to draft better. They need to develop better. I, I really think maybe with this change of offensive philosophy, maybe we'll see better play out of Duvernay. Maybe we'll see better play out of Bateman. Uh, you got a great tight end core there. I just want to see them in a flow in a different system because, again, G. Rose's system was not for um, wide receivers. That's why our boy Hollywood, he had to get out there. They never used their soldiers. He couldn't do it no more. And so uh, maybe Munkin's system will be something that, you know, these wide receivers start getting some shine because you're going to have to start producing in the draft. And Thielen, what's he going to give you, one season? Yeah. But see now, and I hear you. I, I agree with that. But but I'm also with you on the um, maybe Munkin system because what I what I think the Ravens need at this point. First of all, Rashad Bateman has to hit. So Rashad Bateman cannot be injured. Um, then go into off season and get mad and say stop blaming us. You know. So that means you have to come out right. this season and ball out like you because you're going to look stupid if you don't so this is a put up or shut up season. so i'm yeah. yeah if so if if bateman is can be the guy that they want him to be 
You have Duvernay in there. You draft. You only need to draft one receiver. All Thielen needs to do is to be that possession guy. That's it. He doesn't have to blaze. See, our, the issue is the guys that we have, they're never these possession guys. They can't hold on to the ball. They can't seem to separate. But Thielen, Thielen is a proven receiver, man. We just need a guy. That's why I, I was really big on trying to get Juju when we could have gotten Juju because Juju can stretch you out, but he can catch that underneath stuff. He can be that mm. possession guy. Jarvis Landry. Remember I told you I wanted Jarvis Landry just for that reason. Um, I didn't need these guys to be, I didn't, I wasn't looking for these guys to be superstars or thousand yard receivers. I just needed them to be that underneath outlet. Cause if you mm-hmm. notice we don't, other than the tight ends, we don't have any underneath stuff. None of these guys do it. They send the receivers straight out. They, it's like they just run go routes all the time. I, I just anyway, I don't want to get into right. that because that 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 era is supposed to be behind us. It's supposed to be behind us, so we'll see. Now let's talk about our boy Lamar. On Wednesday, teams could enter negotiations with Lamar for a possible deal to join their team. Lamar received a non-exclusive tag just to remind our listeners last week, which allows teams to make an offer sheet to Jackson and allows the Ravens five days to match. If they don't match, the Ravens uh, can receive two first-rounders as compensation. So far, no offers have been announced. As a matter of fact, man, Lamar, uh, maybe it's a combination because of the tournament and because of Aaron Rodgers' announcement, but, you know, uh, Lamar's kind of fell off the front page in terms of the national talk. We're talking about it all in Baltimore. It's the rage, but um, on the national scene, not too many people talking. They're just kind of bringing up like, hey, what do you, you know, what you think is going to happen with Lamar? Do you think we're going to see an offer before or after the draft? I don't know, man. Um, it's so hard to predict what's going on because just like you said, it, it's it's something different every week. We get a different report here. We get a different report there. Now, if anything, mm-hmm. I would hope that an offer is made before the draft. Because if we wait till after the draft, now you start adding in teams like Miami, teams like San Francisco, you know what I mean? Teams that know Lamar Jackson will take them to the promised land. They have everything else, especially a team like the 49ers. They have everything else. All they need is a quarterback. And can Trey Lance be that guy? They don't know, but they know they know Lamar can. And that's all they have to do. Now, again, mm-hmm. the Ravens get the opportunity to match it. But, you know, what if Lamar whispered in their ear, hey, I don't want y'all to match it. Like, I don't want to play here. You know, do me do me that solid and mm-hmm. just let me go. Take these two first-round draft picks and let me go. You know, you just – it's so hard to predict. Um, I want them to stay in Baltimore. I mean, that's that's all I can say. So, hopefully, these offers will come before the draft. The Ravens will be able to match it. And then that will move on with Lamar's our quarterback. You know, I think a lot of the – I'm not worried about the Dolphins or the Niners. I, I think a lot of these teams, they got so much cap. Uh, you know, the Niners, they got some cap issues. Uh, Dolphins, they got some cap issues. They don't have a first-round pick. And although they could do something after the draft, I just don't – if they're not going to do anything before the draft, I just don't think it's worth it. And, you know, them signing Mike White and the Niners signing Darnold tells me they're going to rock with either Lance or Purdy. True. And Darnold's going to be their backup. He's going to be like the Garoppolo. And and so we'll get to talking about teams in a minute. But I would love to see it happen before the draft because there is at least two teams I think are still in the mix. I think the Colts should be in the mix. And I definitely think the Texans should be uh, taking a strong think about it as well. And you want to get one of these top quarterbacks. You want... Uh, a shot at Stroud, you want a shot at um, Young, or you want a shot at Richardson. And I, I don't think you want anything less than that. And with the Jets going with Aaron Rodgers, it kind of takes um, the Jets out of the picture. But we're going to talk about teams in a minute. Now let's talk about the details about the Ravens contract offer to Lamar. That was a very hot topic this week. ESPN, uh, NFL insiders, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortison both uh, reported that Jackson rejected a Ravens six-year contract offer with $133 million fully guaranteed at signing, which is more than Russell Wilson, who got $124 million, and little man Colin Murray, who got $103.3 million. With an injury guarantee included in the contract, it would have brought the 
full guaranteed up to $175 million more than those two players. And so, uh, of course, Lamar, he tried to dispute this, tweeting some memes. I, I'm kind of worried about Lamar's mental state uh, a little bit right now with these responses. I, I'm not trying to say he's crazy, but I, I'm just kind of like, all right, yo, what are you doing? And so, you know, where, where's the lie in this um Where's the line, this Calvin? Is it ESPN? Is it Lamar? I mean, everyone's saying that they basically, the deal is they've offered them more than these two guys. And to me, that's that might be the turnoff for some teams. It's like, well, if he, if they're offering more than what Murray and what Wilson got, and he's turning it down, what we going to do? Well, the lies with ESPN, the lies with Lamar, and the lies with the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody's lying. Nobody is coming uh, out and telling the straight right. truth. Uh, Nobody's coming out telling the straight truth. But now, I mean, I know you're an insider. I mean, you you let us know. It's it's everybody. Everybody's <laughs> lying. But but what I will say is that contracts are so intricate. One of the things that we knew from the beginning uh, that Lamar was negotiating um, that they don't talk about is the number of years. So it seems like the Ravens want to sign him for five years and he only wants a three-year contract, which gives him another opportunity to get a big payday. So maybe they're stuck on the years. Maybe it's not just the money here. Maybe it's the years also. So, you know, somewhere along the line, someone has to meet, but it, it seems like the Ravens feel like this is our best offer. And Lamar's like, well, this is my offer. This is what I want. So we'll just see what happens there. But it's so hard. You know, you get so many different reports. It's so hard to try to figure out who's telling the truth. The truth is in there somewhere, but I don't trust any of these reports. Adam Schefter came out and said one thing. Then he even recanted and came out and said something different. You know, yeah, he just, he just had to clean it up. I think he was off a little bit of what he was saying about the total number. Right. But it appears that the total number of guaranteed money they finally settled on because he kept on saying 200 million and you know, these guarantees or what have you, if he was on the roster by this particular year, it would have kicked up to X, Y, Z. But I, to me, if it's not guaranteed money, what's the issue? Well, you're saying years. So, it could me, be years. I mean, I, Lamar is leaving a lot of money on the table to me. He's leaving a lot of money on the table. This is a deal he probably could have gotten a good deal when Allen signed his deal and gotten paid. He's been woefully underpaid the last two seasons, and that's on Lamar. Um, not that I love Chris Sims, but Lamar's left a lot of endorsement money on the table. I mean, where's his where's his cleat deal? Where's his football shoe deal? How come he don't have the Gatorade deal or or Pepsi or Mountain Dew or something? Do he, does he like now laters? How come he ain't got now laters? Uh, you know, I know he's from the hood. You know, everybody likes um, you know, uh, sunflower seeds. He ain't got a sunflower seeds with a uh, David sunflower seeds so he can be shaking on the camera and stuff like we used to do out on the softball field or something. You know, something Who have had, a red vines deal the, or something. What, what you doing? What did our guy, um, our guy that was in Seattle that didn't get the ball, Marshawn? What what deal did Marshawn have? He had a candy deal. Which yeah, one was Marshawn. Um, Skittles. He had a candy deal. Skittles. Skittles. That's. Yeah, he had Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. Yo, where, yeah, where's man. the deal, Lamar? I mean, Calvin. Even the kicker, Justin uh, Tucker, has a local deal with Royal Farms selling Royal Farms chicken. And so does Pat Ricard. He, I think he has um, pizza bowly. Lamar, Lamar even got a pizza bowl. He even got low-rate pizza deal. <laughs> Lamar could absolutely get a, on, a chicken box deal here in Baltimore. I, I, so I think that is... Don't go to somebody and give him with, a deal. When people talk about um, Lamar should have an agent and he doesn't really need an agent to negotiate the contract because he knows what he wants. And that's true. But when it comes to things like endorsements, 
um, that's when you need an agent because you don't have time to field all of those endorsements. And the people that are in your camp probably don't have the experience to field all those endorsements. Now, that's the one area that an agent will be able to say, this is a good deal. This is not a good deal. Let's look into this company. Because what you don't want to do is like what the Ravens did when they first uh, moved downtown Baltimore and the name of the stadium was PSI.net and then PSI.net went bankrupt. You know, you don't want to back something that's not going to be around. That's not going to last, you know, you want, but you need an agent and his team to research stuff like that. So that's where I think Lamar needs an agent when it comes to endorsement deals, because you're right. He has none, even okay. Let's say he has some, which he, I think I've heard him on the radio mention something, but he has nothing of any significance. He has nothing like the Justin Tucker Royal Farm deal, he has nothing like that. Um, and he should absolutely have a deal somewhere. Baker Mayfield was on TV forever talking about State Farm, and Lamar is much more loved than Baker Mayfield will ever right. be, not just in right. Baltimore, but throughout the country. So, yeah, Lamar, he, he that's where you need an agent, Lamar. You need to get some endorsement deals. So I hope when this is over, this whole contract thing is over, no matter where you end up, you start getting some endorsement deals, man. Start getting some of that other money. Because them endorsement deals can last past that daggone football contract. You know, you can have the endorsement deals. Remember uh, Miller Lite, Taste Great, Less Feeling? They were retired retired athletes that were doing that for years. Come on, John Madden. That's that's what kept John Madden alive before Madden. It was the Miller Lite commercials when he's coming busting through the wall. And so, yeah, man, you know, that kept John Madden alive. Uh, so yeah, you know, I don't know if mom, I'm I'm start calling Lamar mother, Mama Matt from uh the game. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Tasha, Tasha Mack was Matt. getting them deals, man. Don't Tasha, Tasha Mack, Mack was getting, getting them the deals. deals. Yeah, she was getting well, it done. Lamar mother, and I, you know, I, I I think we have to realize this, Calvin, that Lamar's first deal, he didn't really have to negotiate that first deal. That first deal was slotted because the first round, you're slotted by your draft choice. So you already know the years and the money that you're going to get. And so really, Lamar has never negotiated a big deal. His mother did not negotiate a big deal. And so, yeah, this is and it's showing. It's showing because I think some of the uh, decision making uh, is is problemsome. As a matter of fact, uh, the. NFL Players Association, they've jumped in and they got Lamar back. They standing behind him with a couple nines. And so on Thursday, Demore Smith, the executive director and the NFL Players Association made a post on the NFLPA website. It was entitled NFL Free Agency is a Study in Power and Control. My. In the post, Smith states that The fully guaranteed structure for franchise players in the NFL CBA was created precisely because we as a union know that owners have colluded in the past and might do it again as they are potentially doing right now when it comes to highly sought after players. He further states that in my nearly 15 year career as executive director, I've never witnessed teams being so quick to publicly announce their lack of interest and a MVP quarterback who is in his prime and who is also going to get an injury guarantee regardless of his contract. He closes out by saying the NFL wants to send a message to players like Joe Barrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert that they will not get a fully guaranteed contract simply because other first ballot Hall of Famers didn't get them, and if they can help it because Jackson didn't get one either. What's your thoughts about the NFLPA making Lamar the poster boy for fully guaranteed contracts? Yeah, remember we um, talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I literally said I hate the fact that he may be the poster child for all mm-hmm. of this. I absolutely yeah. hate. Yes, um, po- he just like this on the poster. Exactly. I 
absolutely hate it. You know, I, yeah. I understand the point. And it's not and it's not that I don't agree with everything the players union is saying. I just hate it because I'm a Ravens fan and this affects my team and my quarterback right now. So I hate it because of that reason, because it's gonna bleed into this new season. Now, we all know that the the owners have the potential, I'll just say have the potential of colluding and have mm-hmm. the potential of having colluded on Lamar Jackson's contract. I mean, it's 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 literally there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what, what, what we talked about before, I'm not saying they colluding. I'm just saying yeah. that there's absolutely no reason for the Atlanta Falcons to have announced that they're not going to go after Lamar Jackson when they have every reason to go after Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. obvious. Um, so when the players union talk about colluding and talk about the um, talk about the contracts and all, you know, I, I think it actually goes deeper um, into the control that the NFL has over these young men. Um, you know, we look at things like the draft. The, I mean, the draft has always been like into slave selling, you know, the way they put these young men sure. on display and the clothes that they wear for display and some of the things they have to do that pretty much don't have much to do with what they're going to do. Like, okay, so now quarterbacks are scrambling, but back then quarterbacks weren't doing a lot of scrambling. Why was Tom Brady running the 40? Why did we care about, why did we care about Tom Brady's 40 time? You know, it's just certain things that you're just like, that doesn't have anything really to do with his position as a quarterback. He's not going to be expected to sprint, you know, and that was at that time. Of course, now we are. Yeah. You want him to have some speed and you want him to have some quickness, but even Tom Brady was projected then as a sixth, seventh round draft pick, his speed ain't going to make a difference. What you're looking for is a guy that can throw the ball, have him throw the ball. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just the NFL to me. And, and as I say this, I'm sitting here chomping at the bit for every NFL piece of information that I can get. And when it comes on, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably hypocritical in it. But to me, the way they treat their players is just so unfair and unfortunate. I mean, they had to be forced to even take care of the retired players with, with health care. They had to be forced to recognize CTE. They had to be forced to do all of that. I mean, just... Just, just what, the most recent, obviously, is Colin Kaepernick. Look how the owners controlled that entire sure. narrative and that entire situation, and literally blackballed that man out of the NFL. They can say what they want, but they blackballed him out of the NFL. And other guys that have beat up their wives and beat up their women have been able to come and play. The kicker on the Giants just beat his wife's ass, but he was still playing. It's the the control that they have over these players and not just the contracts is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's you know the owners are not the um, good guys in this. Definitely, you know they are trying to control salaries like they always have, and they've used manipulation. They've you know they've gotten together and said you know this is not what we're going to do. And so I, I think the NFLPA has a point. You know, like you said, as a fan, I kind of hate it because I want to see Lamar sign. Um, and so, you know, I, there's there's this pull for him. Is hey, do I go to this team? And I think the Ravens have been good to him. The Ravens basically changed this whole philosophy offensively to accommodate Lamar. I mean, they had a Super Bowl winning quarterback that they basically gave up on in the middle of the season, gave it to Lamar, and then came back the next season and totally changed the offense around to where this guy had an MVP season and he's been a top 10 or top five quarterback ever since. And so they they took a chance and they they sold out for Lamar. And I just I just hope it ends well for him. I, I just hope it ends well for him. But I, I definitely understand that the owners – these are billionaire, very conservative white men that want to control black bodies. And so uh, I'm super clear on that. Now, the market is drying up for uh, Lamar, you know, with all these quarterback signings, the Jets, the Niners, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Commanders, Falcons, and Dolphins 
all signed quarterbacks over the last week and a half. And so, and the Dolphins also picked up to his fifth year option. And so that, like I said, it really right now to me only leaves two teams, at least pre-draft that are interesting. And that's the Colts and the Texans. And so do you think Lamar plays on the non-exclusive or do you think uh, he's going to be traded? If I was his family, I would not advise him to play on the non-exclusive. Hold out as long as you can, which I believe is week 10. Do not play for less than, and I, we talked about this last week, do not play for less than Danny Dimes' contract. Do not do it. Just just don't do it. And that is the non-exclusive money right now, less than Danny Dimes. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Would you be I surprised? Like, would you be surprised if he doesn't and he and he plays on the non? I would be surprised. Because, I'd be I'd be surprised. Yeah, I would be absolutely surprised I, if he played on the non-exclusive tag. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't because he really should have sat out last year. I really think so, he should have sat out at least training camp and the start yes. of the season until he got his deal last year. I never. I, I didn't think he should have stepped on the field. Go back, go back to our podcast when that came on. Advocates of he should have never touched the football until his contract got set. He should have Mm -hmm. never, I am in full agreement there. He should have never touched the football for the Ravens until his contract was finished. I absolutely agree with you there. I'd still be surprised if he played under the non-exclusive. Okay, well, if anything, Lamar showed us that he's uh, non-conventional, so we'll see. Uh, let's go ahead and transition to the NFL. I'm um, excuse me, NBA, and talk a little uh, basketball. And uh, Michael Jordan is in talks to sell uh, the Hornets, and so ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan is engaged in serious talks to sell a majority stake in the franchise to a group led by Hornets minority owner. Gabe Plotkin and Atlanta Hawks minority owner Rick Snall. Sources told ESPN on Thursday, no deal is imminent, but there's significant uh, momentum on the sale that would eventually install Plotkin and Snall as the co-governors of the Hornets, sources said. If the sale is completed, Jordan is expected to remain the minority stake, excuse me, is expected to remain with the minority stake in a franchise, sources said. Jordan, he's a six-time NBA champion and a five-time MVP, and is considered by many to be the greatest player in the history of the game and has been the league's only majority black owner. Wow. Uh, Jordan sold a significant minority stake in 2020, and selling the majority share of the Hornets would mark the end of Jordan's 13-year run as owner. He paid $275 million for a majority stake in the franchise in uh, 2010. I think he bought that from Bob Johnson. Uh, the founder of BET. And so uh, is this potential sale good for minority ownership in the league? Um, You know, I didn't even think that far about minority ownership in the NBA, only because um, the NBA, unlike the NFL, um, there are plenty of minority ownership groups that have gotten into it. Um, some have sold sold the teams. We can look at Jay-Z. We can look at Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's Don't put plenty. Jay-Z in there. You know, Jay-Z had 0.1%. But hey, but he had some ownership. Just his name. He had some okay, ownership. I, all right. He, he all right. Had. I don't want nobody to say I'm hating black, man. I'm not hating. I, I, know, I know the whole tips are out there. Nah, he had... Why you hating on Jay? You always hating on Jay. Jay had a 0.1%. On, but you would have thought he owned that whole mug. Yeah, he he had some ownership, but but my point in saying it is that um, unlike the NFL, the NBA doesn't turn away uh, minority ownership. You know, they they mm-hmm. they fully accept it. The NBA is just seems to be when it comes to ownership, all about who can make the money, who can make that green money. Sure. Um, it's it's yeah. crazy for Michael Jordan and me because let's think about it. As much as well, what's crazy is when you're reading the uh some of the excerpts from the article that they have to tell you mm-hmm. who Michael Jordan is. He's a six time NBA right. champion. Like you know what? Right. Like he's the most recognizable face ever in the history of basketball. Um, most recognizable name also. Um You know, there's cr- a generation that never seen him play now. Yeah, but they still know the who generation. he is and they know his stats. Let's they talk know about LeBron. Three times three. They know he won it th- t- twice, three in a row. 
Um, if we think about it, though, with Michael Jordan, what is it? 96 is the last time Michael Jordan actually won anything because he went to the Wizards. Right. They didn't win anything. With the Charlotte they wiped Hornets. that out. They ain't say nothing about the Wizards. <laughs> it was Charlotte Hornets. They didn't win anything. So this may be a situation where Michael Jordan is like, oh, I can't keep losing. I'm a winner. He was a winner at North Carolina. Right. You know, Michael Jordan's a winner. And this is what, six years in a row? They're going on six years in a row, not making the playoffs. Like, yeah, man, right. it's, it's time well, to give up some question. of that majority ownership. Would you say? Let me ask you this then. Um, there's MJ, you just brought it up. MJ the player, MJ the owner. Um, where do we place MJ the owner? Do we place him as one, as, you know, he's we're saying he's perhaps the greatest player to ever play the game. Can we say that he is maybe in the <laughs> lower 50 of greatest owners ever? I don't know. Where, where do we well, put him in terms of the owner? I think ownership in uh, so I think ownership in football has more of a uh, bearing on the team and how we as fans look at it because those owners are out mm-hmm. front. When you get to the other sports like baseball and basketball, the ownership is more on what do the players think about it because we don't really get inside unless they do something wrong like the guy in uh the phoenix former owner or the clippers former owner sterling unless something goes wrong we don't really hear a lot about the owners the only owner you can really say that you may know something about is mark cuban who's a bigger larger than life owner than michael jordan Mm -hmm. ever was and ever could be as an owner so it's really hard to rank them now the only way to rank the owners is what was the team's record during their tenure, um, did they make any major signings? And if we're looking at it like that, he would kind of be below average. Um, I don't recall. I think his biggest signing that I can remember, biggest free agent signing was Kimber Walker, and that didn't work right. out too well. Then he went to uh, Boston after that, so that didn't work out too well for him. I think they, dropped, they drafted Mason Plumlee. <laughs> yeah. Now, so. I will have to give him props. Well, uh, drafting them Lamelo, that was a that was a slam that was a good move. You didn't miss on that, but uh, yeah, they have been mired in mediocrity, and right? So, um, you know, he has not uh, had great results as a owner, but you know, I, so being a great player doesn't always translate to great management. You know? The I think there's so, a handful of uh, former players that have you know become uh, great executives. And, um, you know, Mike maybe is not one. It's it's always been my belief that, and this is more along the lines of actually being on the sidelines and coaching. It's always been my belief that the best players make the worst coaches because they expect mm. everything to come easy to them, like it has sure. to uh, to the. They expect everything to come easy to the team, like it has to them. There's only a few that can claim that they were really good. Larry Bird is one of them. Larry Bird was actually a sure. very good coach and a very, he was good, a very executive. good coach. Got um, his team to the NBA Finals. When yeah. Very, very good. Um, but l- look at guys like Magic Johnson. He was horrible as a coach. You know, these these guys are really good. Now, the average guys, you know, the average players are the and lesser And he was horrible players. as an executive. Yeah, he was. He was, man. So, it's you know, it's it's really hard to say. I just think they always think things should come easy to the players. Like it came to them and they're like, you're a special talent. Like you're you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're a special talent. Yeah. You may have had to work to hone that skill, but you already had something inside you. Some of these guys don't have that. They got to work harder. So when you think maybe, Oh, why didn't you bounce pass it there? You should be able to see the bounce pass. They don't see the bounce pass. You know what I mean? They don't see it like you see it. So. True. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. They said Jordan would still be uh, putting on the shorts and coming down to practice playing against the young boys if he, you know, he saw something wrong. So, you know, yeah, you, maybe, you know, you should just be an investor. <laughs> now, uh, Lonzo, uh, to have a third surgery, and um, also uh, Adrian Worskanowski, he's uh, reporting that uh, Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will have, undergo a third surgical procedure on his left knee. In 14 months, the team announced and concerns persist about his eventual ability to resume his career. So it's just told ESPN. 
the surgery could cost him, if not all, but most of the 23-24 season. Uh, the team said cartilage transplant will leave Ball, who's 25, out indefinitely. Ball, who hasn't appeared in an NBA game since uh, January of 2022, has already been ruled out, as I said, for the rest of this season. Alonzo uh, has had an uneven career since being drafted second overall by the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2017 draft. That seems so long ago. And the Bulls is his third team in the, in the NBA. And so um, we know all the invention of the Ball family and Daddy Ball and the Suns and his, you know, his goal was to get all of them in the NBA. And he did all right with two of the three. And so who was the better invention by the father? Was it Lonzo or LaMelo? Uh, LaMelo. I mean, LaMelo's definitely the better player. Lonzo, of course, has the longer career right now, but LaMelo's definitely the better player. Um, But yeah, man, it's really sad. First of all, I, I still hate the way that people or I'll say ESPN made us perceive LeVar Ball. Um, these kids have never been in trouble. These kids yeah. have been stand-up yeah. citizens. They made it to the NBA. Like, I I, st- I know he was a larger-than-life personality, and he came on mm-hmm. real braggadocious about his kids and all that. But shit, what you he expect? Did. You know what I mean? He loved his boys, and look where they are. You know, they're successful young men. So um, with all that being said, you know, I hope Lonzo's young enough to get it to hopefully heal well, but you just never know. Could be a situation like a Derrick Rose that just never was able to recover from the injuries. Um, Derrick Rose did come back to become, you know, a little slightly above average player and have still a longer career. But Derrick Rose was on the path to being a Hall of Famer, man. Like he was on the path yeah. to being one of the greats. Um, there was someone else I, 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 in the uh, NBA, I can't, I can't really, th- I can't remember. I had his name in my head, but you know, some of these guys, you know, they get these injuries and it just lingers and they just, they just never, they're just never the same. And Lonzo wasn't a superstar. So for him to get an injury that could possibly end his career, if he doesn't come back what he was, he'll probably be more of a role player bench guy, but you know, whatever's going to get you a check in the NBA, you know, if, as long as you can be productive. Yeah, you know, um, and he was playing well when he got to Chicago, and and it's kind of sad. I feel bad for him. I think he had finally found his role and his place with the team. Um, I think coming to the Lakers, that was a lot of pressure. Being from California, his father basically saying that he was going to get him on the Lakers and all of those particular things. And then when Bron comes in, LeBron doesn't like playing with rookies and young guys, and so he gets shipped out to New Orleans, and then once you get uh, Zion there, he gets pushed out of uh, New Orleans to Chicago. And I think he had finally found his place. And then, you know, to the, be battling these injuries the last couple of seasons. I mean, they were playing well, and they, although they made the playoffs last year, they had an early exit, and there are many to think that if he was playing, maybe they would have given the Bucks a tougher series. And this year, they're like, I think they're 31 and 37, uh, and they're not going to get in the playoffs. And it's probably because they don't have ball there. And so I, I hope he recovers. I hope he does get back in. And uh, he plays LaMelo. He's out for the season as well. I think he had a fractured foot or something else happened to him this season. He's kind of been in and out with injuries. Uh, he's done very well down there in Charlotte. Um, but, you know, the clock ticks fast, you know, um, this would be three years in the league or well, actually he played, he was drafted the pandemic year. And yeah. so, um, you know, that clock moves fast. And after a while you start to evaluate, well, you know, what can we get for our best asset? Because he is the biggest asset there in Charlotte. And so um, I just wish them both the best. I mean, I think LeVar Ball, he did get, manipulated by the networks you know they they brought him on because he was rough around the edges um i would not dare to call him a coon or anything the man was brilliant absolutely he got his not. sons yeah and in in the nba as top draft picks how many fathers can say my my sons two of my sons were picked in the top five of the draft i don't think there are many if any and so but i did think you know a lot of times they were bringing him on for the clown factor. They were. And, 
maybe yeah, maybe he was just thinking, you know, um, all publicity is good publicity. And in some aspects, it was not. And so a lot of times he did come off buffoonish. Um, you know, I love what he said about Jason Whitlock, though. He said, all Jason Whitlock knows about is snacks. And so <laughs> that was one of the best liners ever. And so, uh, and the big ball of brand, that didn't work out either, but. You know, hey, he took us. He took a swing for the fences, and at least he he got it to the outfield. He did, he man. He did. He did. Yeah. He got it to the outfield. He got it to the outfield. And so, uh, let's go into the segment that everybody just loves on our show. It's come on yo time. And so, uh, Calvin's going to start us off this evening with the come on yo. Me, I'm gonna start off. Yeah, I went last week. We go ahead and kick the ball back to you. Oh man, oh man. So. I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to go ahead and we kind of touched on it last week. Um, mm-hmm. The and, and we actually, Garland and I actually talked about it at the beginning of the week because a lot of other sports shows talked about it. But let's talk about the NCAA tournament that is actually going on as we speak, the men and the women. Yep. Um, it's just not the same, you know, going into it. I'm going to say going into it, it's not the same. And I'll tell you why. There have been quite a few upsets this season, and I'm so mad that college basketball isn't what it used to be because I would love to be watching these all of these games and being like, I can't believe this one beat this one, this one beat this one. Of course, we had a number 16 uh, beat a one this year. Um, we had a lot of the top teams fall down. Hopefully, Maryland will beat the one tonight. Maryland will beat Alabama mm-hmm. tonight. I'm looking forward to that. I actually got money Alabama. on the DraftKings on there. But uh, come on, yo. Come on, NC. Come and get us. <laughs> come on, yo. Come on, NCAA. I, I need y'all to do better with promoting this college basketball. I, you know, I keep trying to think about, is it a disconnect with me? Was it a disconnect with Garland? But when we hear other sports shows saying the same thing, that the excitement, the buildup is not there. There was a time where you just couldn't wait for the tournament to come on. And it's just not there anymore. And I don't know what it is. And it's before the portal came, so they could try to blame the portal Mm -hmm. for it if they want. But it's before the portal came. I'll tell you what, um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. The NCAA women's games are probably just as exciting, if not more exciting, than some of the men's games this year. South Carolina, LSU, if you, if you actually watch them, and that, that was mm-hmm. never the case. That was never the case. But those games are pretty exciting games. Come on, men's college basketball. Come on, y'all. Come on, NCAA. South Carolina is pretty good. What are you doing? Yeah, they're a good team. And they, they're, they're actually Baltimore. fun to watch. They are fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. So watch these. Well, try to watch these games. But NCAA, we got to do better at promoting this product, man. Come on, y'all. Come on, NCAA. Yeah, it's tough when you don't really. Who are the marquee players? Exactly. They're, you don't know. You don't know. And so unless you, you know, you've been following the game all year, this is a time where, you know, people just come to the game. It's like the Super Bowl. You know how when you have people over the house and someone who hasn't watched football all season, that's their first time watching the game, you know, but at least they're no a main player in that game. And I I can't tell you a main player in these games, but we shall see. As a matter of fact, we're, I'm going to keep along the theme of the NCAA tournament. And so, I'm going to talk a little different. You know, I, I have been on my HBCU rant lately about uh, staffing and personnel, but I, I'm going to hit it from a different angle. And Dion. You know, so, and Dion and, and Ed Reed, just about everybody. And so, you know, like we talked about last week, we talked about the tournament and how, uh, you know, we're kind of at a loss because um, we don't really know which schools are good and who are the players to watch. Now, although there have been several upsets so far this year, one of the things that I do like about the tournament, Calvin, is the exposure it gives to historically black colleges and universities. It's doubly great when your school is in the tournament. Now, my alma mater, Hampton University, did not make the tournament this year, but 22 years ago, 
in 2001, uh, the men's team, they were seeded 15. They pulled off one of the biggest upsets in the history of the tournament by beating the second seeded team in this region, Iowa State, 58 to 57. The pride we had for our home by the sea was high. I was working at Coppin State uh, the year that the men's team, led by former Washington Bullet, Larry Stewart, they beat the second seed, uh, South Carolina. The campus was on fire for the next several months and put a school on a map that most people only knew if you lived in Baltimore City. Now, this year, Howard University, or the Mecca as they're known, or as us Hamptonians call them, the other HU, uh, made its third trip to the big dance ever. Howard's last uh, appearance in the tournament was 1992, when head coach Kenny Blakeney won a national championship as a freshman at Duke. Now in his fourth season as head coach, Howard has finished 11-3 in conference play and 21-11 and on the season. Also, Howard is a university with a history of producing stars. And so you're thinking, like, man, they've only been to three tournaments and they produce all these stars? Well, most of the stars that they produce, Calvin, are like Academy Award winners, MacArthur Genius Grant recipients, Civil, War, uh, civil Rights leaders like Kwame Torre or Stokely Carmichael, who stood with Martin Luther King, or the current vice president of the United States of America, and many more highly respected individuals. Howard doesn't have a storied athletic history. They've had only one player to ever make the Pro Bowl, and none of his basketball players are players that you would remember. But Howard is the only HBCU with a swimming and diving team. Last spring, the softball team took home the MEAC championship. Steph Curry, he helped uh, the golf team get back to Division I competition in 2021, and the program won a conference championship in its first season. Uh, the football team also try, uh, tied for a conference championship in the fall. Uh, it was their first conference title since 1993. Now, when I talk about Hampton, our most famous basketball player is former NBA champion Rick Mahorn. He's one half of the famous Bruce Brothers during his time with the Washington Bullets. But they have also produced Academy Award winners and civil rights leaders like Booker T. Washington as well. So for all the classic literature, impactful advocates, talented artists and world leaders that Howard, Hampton, Jackson State, and other HBCUs have produced, they are now known for something else, Calvin. They have proved that they could also be sports schools. So come on, yo. We can be a sports school too without having to sell our souls. I thought... <laughs> I thought you said you were going to take a different angle. You had to edit. I did take a different the, angle. You had I didn't mention no name. <laughs> we knew who you were talking about when you said sell our soul. We knew who you were talking about. <laughs> I ain't say no names. <laughs> I didn't say nobody name. Hey, man, I agree. Um, it's always hey, good to see uh, the HBCUs <laughs> playing in the tournament. Um, I do remember yeah, the Hampton is. win. I remember the Coppin win. And, of course, it's mm -hmm. just like watching Family Feud when you're black. Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the black family. I don't care who, yep. <laughs> who they playing against. I'm rooting for the black family. So it, it's almost like that. Just exactly. saying the price is right. Oh, did the black girl win the uh, showdown? The, the, that's what I want. Right. You know, the black people. So, yeah, it's All always good to black. see that. So, yeah, yeah we, it's good to see the universities in there. And they play good for the first half, and then the second half, mm -hmm. come and then they get blown out. But, you know, I think sometimes they, one of the, the most recent. Um, I remember is um, and they had a team in the tournament for a good two years, and they were actually winning some games. Um, was it Florida International? That what was it? Was it Florida International? No, that, no, uh, Norfolk State. Norfolk State, uh, but Norfolk Florida State International about two did years. it. A, yeah, because people were like, "Where the what? What are they? Where are they?" Uh, which Florida also, if you remember, no, it wasn't it wasn't Fam? It wasn't Fam. You. It was a uh, Florida International or someone like that. I have to look it up and see. It wasn't. Yeah, they're fam. not an HBCU though. They're not. Florida and no, Florida International's not HBCU. Uh, well, they look like it. They look like HBCU, which I was just <laughs> about to like say. If you were a kid in the eighties, you always thought that Georgetown was an HBCU. You always thought because all they would show. <laughs> you didn't think it was. 
When you watch, well, bro, you know I went to Catholic school, so I knew what Georgetown was. Oh well, see, we didn't. We were watching them in, in the tournament. We thought yeah, they were yeah. like, all black. We found out they weren't an HBC. You thought it was like, up in the stand like, yeah, we 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 found out it wasn't a black school. We were like, Georgetown ain't a black school because that's all the basketball team was. Well, you know what? How ironic, though. Um, it's not a HBCU, but it was built on the back of slaves. Yes, it was. Uh, There's interesting history. You can uh, Google they, it and research it. But, yeah, the university was about to go out of business. And mm-hmm. the Jesuits, they sold maybe about 30 slaves to raise money to save the school. And they One being, made reparations to the um, ancestors of those slaves that they could, I think they could come to the school for free or something. It, it, it was a big article about it, maybe about three, four years. Yeah, one being a child that they had to come out and apologize for, and like Garland said, make reparations yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, they don't they don't have a great history. Like a whole lot of these businesses that are stalwarts in our society, they don't have a great history. Um, but yeah, you know, that's a, a whole different story. Companies. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into history. Is, we talk <laughs> another successful podcast on this Saturday Ooh, evening. Man. We're glad you joined us. Make sure you rate us, <laughs> review us, tell your friends about, subscribe. We're on all of the podcast platforms and we're also live on what YouTube. Is. So you can watch this at any time if you're not watching it right now. Make sure you join us throughout the week on Tuesday where we'll be discussing these new episodes coming up. So what are we doing? Snowfall? Are yeah. we going to drop in some ghosts Snowfall. now that... That B, um, um, BMF is over. We're gonna drop in Ghost, or what we doing? Uh, I'm gonna have to let me. We'll think talk about, about that. I know, yeah, that we'll talk about it. We'll talk all, about. It might just be snowfall on that. Yeah, it might yeah. just be snowfall. I, I but... gotta, I gotta be staying up. watching <laughs> <laughs> shows. Well, that'll be on Tuesdays <laughs> at seven o'clock. Make sure you join us. We'll be right here. Um, but again, mm-hmm. we thank you all for joining us, and uh, we, we gave you uh, any any last words for the people while I hit this outro, Garland. Hey, man, we love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Continue to tune in. Leave us some words of encouragement or even some uh, criticism. We'll take it. We big boys. We can handle it. And uh, tune in next week as we, you know, we give you more sports talk from a fan's perspective. Hey, man, no no criticism because I can't take that. I'm not trying to hear that shit. <laughs> you have been listening to Fanboy, <laughs> All Things Black with Garland and Calvin Production. Thank you for listening. And make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms. Yeah, Brody.